Audi is launching its all-electric e-tron range in South Africa in the first quarter of 2022. Join us in celebrating the many possibilities of progress with our Future is an Attitude podcast series. Welcome to the Metaverse. Think of it like a 3D worldwide web, an immersive internet, a digital twin of everything in the real world, an online playground where everyone is free to explore, where we can be and do whatever we want. I think that that's really the great thing about it is that it makes being human easier, it makes working easier, but it also makes coexisting easier when you and I can focus on the things that make us human and allow artificial intelligence to assist us intelligently, as I've heard once being used, and to allow that opportunity for us to co-create our experience with artificial intelligence. So you either build a digital twin of an entire city or you build a a digital twin of an aeroplane or something that you're trying to do. Proper immersive virtual reality helmets where maybe you can even smell, who knows, maybe, but you can certainly see and hear your experience. We can go shopping in the metaverse, meet our friends, watch a movie, or test drive a digital car that feels every bit as real to us as it would in the physical world. We can do things that we can't even imagine in real life. When you think about someone not having access to extracurricular activities, to travel, to learn to swim in the ocean, we need to figure out how can we also artificially bridge the gap. Is all of this sounding a little far-fetched? Well, the metaverse might be closer than you think. Parts of it are already here. We're tracking big fast fashion brands who actually have a recycling um, hub within a game. So if you're a gamer, you can actually take your avatar skin and recycle it in the metaverse, which sounds completely ridiculous, but it's happening. There's significant possibilities for us to use virtual reality to curate some of these experiences. And it's actually happening around the world. I'm Zania Mosaka. And this is Future is an Attitude, a new podcast series from Audi about how design, performance, sustainability, and the digital world can intersect to help us shape the future we want and need. These principles are not only close to my heart, they're also fundamental to a world in which we can all thrive. We're featuring South Africans who think differently about the future, who challenge the status quo, and who are redefining progress. Imagine and embrace a better tomorrow, not as passengers of global trends, but from the driver's seat. Feeling a bit overwhelmed by the idea of a metaverse? You're not alone. Trends analyst Dion Chang thinks about the future for a living at his company, Flux Trends. He looks at what's happening now to try to work out what's going to happen in years to come. And he's learned to talk to people about the future in more manageable doses. In the office, we have a little mantra saying, don't be two hours ahead of the curve, just be 20 minutes ahead of the curve. If you go two hours ahead of the curve, instead of 20 minutes ahead of the curve, you scare the horses. And by horses, Dion means us. We're easily scared by big new ideas, by the thought of our world changing too quickly. When I started this career very early on, I scared a lot of horses because you've got to make things that are, are tangible and make people feel that it's not too far-fetched to be able to grasp it. So so scare people just a little bit, but don't scare them completely. The metaverse can be a big, scary idea, a bit unreal, 
a bit too science fiction-y. We're happy to see it in the movies, sure, but the idea of it becoming a part of real life can feel overwhelming. So let's backtrack a bit, back to safer ground. 20 years ago, the Internet of Things was just a crazy idea. The idea that everything in our physical world, from buildings to cars to food, could be connected to the internet. And these things could talk to one another, exchange information, learn from each other. It sounded like science fiction. But these days, think about our smartphones, our fitness trackers, the way you can start watching a video on your phone and pick up where you left off on your tablet or TV. Doesn't sound so far-fetched now, does it? So for me, the, the Internet of Things is going to specifically benefit manufacturing. You're already starting to see that kick in. And it will make our lives uh, more seamless, more convenient. And, and we already, if you think about it, what we pay for is we pay for the privilege of convenience. And the Internet of Things makes things a lot quicker and more convenient. One of the easiest ways to imagine how IoT can do that is to think about your car being able to speak to your house from work to home, it'll be able to turn the oven on at just the right time before you arrive home. You'll be able to turn your lights on. Tara Knight is head of product marketing and PR at Audi South Africa. And she thinks cars can become way more than just the machine we use as a means of transportation. It's this amazing possibility to use it as a control device for your home as well and create a completely seamless experience where no time is wasted in your day. No time is spent focusing on activities that could be performed by artificial intelligence, by connected vehicles, um, vehicles communicating to each other, vehicles communicating to your home, your work. So your car is able to start cooking your dinner, let your boss know you're running late for a meeting because of traffic, or order your groceries for pickup along the route. It's also electric, which means it's much quieter than the cars of today. And one day, it'll probably drive itself too, meaning you won't have to. And then your car becomes the perfect mobile office or lounge. Climbing into a vehicle, which is ultimately like a lounge space, where there are no controls to speak of. No steering wheel, no pedals, no driver's seat. If you think about it, it's the opportunity to actually climb into a space. You could call it your third space that you live in next to home and work. There becomes this beautiful 360 degree screen because you don't need to look through a windscreen. You know, you can now engage with multimedia experiences, visual experiences. Another way to think about the Internet of Things is clothes shopping. Instead of trawling through racks of clothes in a department store, you stand in front of an interactive smart mirror in your home that scans your body and determines your perfect size. Thanks to IoT, it already knows what fashion you like and what your upcoming social calendar looks like. So it makes personalized, intelligent recommendations on outfits and shows you how you look. You select your favorites and they're delivered straight to your door. What would you ever go to a shop for? If everything you want to buy can just be delivered to wherever you are as quickly, even faster than you physically going to the shop, why would you go to a shop? And the answer has to be to do more than just purchase something. You want to go for an experience. You want to go to a place where you can smell something, touch something, you can try something on. Futurist Graham Codrington 
believes that in a world of technology and digitalization, the human element of an experience is going to be what really matters. The human touch that adds quality, the personal service that creates connection. I think we're just in between where we were and where we're going. In other words, I don't think it's a fight between physical and digital. I just don't think we've fully understood yet how to use digital to connect better and which parts of our connections are actually better in the digital world versus the physical. So instead of fighting against the technology and instead of thinking, is this where we intend to end up? We need to think, no, we're babies in this. We're still learning how to do this. So let's step back and ask, what do we really want? What does connection really mean? I think that that's really the great thing about it is that it makes being human easier, it makes working easier, but it also makes coexisting easier when you and I can focus on the things that make us human and allow artificial intelligence to assist us intelligently, as I've heard once being used, and to allow that opportunity for us to co-create our experience with artificial intelligence. When she's not teaching people to unlearn old habits, Futurist Zanelem Japa works with Graham at his company Tomorrow Today Global. Usually what we think of is the Internet of Things. You know, you think about all your gadgets, you think about smart homes, you think about smart cars, but really the Internet of Life. And what does that mean? Zanelle is also known as the unlearning lady. She helps people and organizations unlearn beliefs and habits that will no longer be useful in years to come and to make space for the things that will be. And she sees the Internet of Things becoming so inextricable from our everyday lives that it becomes the Internet of Life. Self-driving cars and a lot of other innovations are really introducing us to this idea of having our devices, but also our things and our lives speaking to each other so that constantly we've got this network or ecosystem that allows us to have this reliability on so many more things with a lot less effort on our part. Is the future a distant reality? or something we shape with the progress we make today. Over a hundred years ago, Audi was founded on a vision of constant progress. In 2022, we accelerate this journey with the new Audi e-tron range, a collection of progressive, all-electric vehicles designed to usher in a new era of mobility. Let's shape tomorrow's world together. The Future is an Attitude podcast series, proudly brought to you by Audi. Read more at 702.co.za. I look at the Internet of Things as another channel to perceive information. Rapelang Rabana is a tech entrepreneur. She's kind of like entrepreneurial royalty in South Africa. And she thinks about IoT almost like an extension of our own bodies. So as human beings, we have our five senses and we can smell and hear and see and things like that. And essentially with additional sensors and cameras, whether it's a fitness watch on our hands or cameras in a factory, or sensors in a hospital tracking temperature and quality of storage of critical medication and vaccines. All of those things essentially give us additional eyes through which we can collect more information that will also then help us better interpret what's going on and then make better decisions. Technology making our lives easier, leaving us more time to get busy living.
it's about time that we start thinking about tech outside of just tech, 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 let's put something out. But how does it create an entirely new system and an entirely new environment for us to exist in? I think that's really exciting. At the moment, a lot of technology is seen as smart but decorative. Gadgets that dazzle us with their flamboyant capabilities like drones delivering pizza or smart speakers that can play any song you ask for. But what if we shift the focus to tech that actually makes the world a better place? Drones that deliver something more than pizza. What you're actually seeing on the ground, literally, um, are different African countries, Rwanda being the first, of using uh, small cargo drones to ferry um, medical supplies and medicines and blood supplies and, and all of those things. So Botswana, Uganda, uh, Rwanda, those are all, all countries that have already started using those medical services. And for me, this kind of technology on the African continent is actually a lot more relevant than it probably is in the developed world or the Western world. Because if you look at a country like um, Namibia, you get vast spaces with uh, sort of low populations and getting to and from uh, one place or getting supplies to and from very uh, inhospitable areas uh, makes the most sense. Take with a purpose. Take that works for us. It's a beguiling idea. And to Dion... That's the key to a thriving future. I do think it's going to be this using a lot of technology to push things forward, but then not discounting what humanity wants. So it's really, in a sense, it's, it's humanizing the technology. So it's not just technology or innovation for innovation's sake, but it, it does have a, an, an impact and a, and a purpose. So we're talking about technology that adds value to our lives, that improves our lives in significant ways. Innovation that puts humans at the centre of everything. The more we hurtle into a digitised world, the more we crave humanity and a human touch. And the pandemic has really, really laid that bare, that we are human beings and we require this kind of human experience and we require those memories. So a connected experience for me is really a, a, a hybrid between you know, the, the cutting-edge technology but putting humanity and, ironically, tactility at the centre of that. So it's a, it's a blend of the two worlds. This blend of two worlds is about mixing technology with what it is to be human. It's the experience of everything and everyone being connected all the time. Oftentimes when we think about tech and when we think about this integration, it makes us feel like there's no longer a place for us. And the biggest mindset shift that I think makes us a lot more excited about this connected experience is to understand how we can leverage it to show up better. It is this ability to connect with other people who share views with you, values with you, worldviews, who share passions and interests with you, to connect with them, to be connected with them, maybe not even in a physical space, maybe in a virtual space, but to create this experience economy. And I think that's huge. So how can we use connectivity to show up better? What happens if we take the idea of blending real life and the digital world a step further? When we combine the Internet of Things with advanced technology, lightning fast internet and hyper connectivity, we arrive at the realm of extended reality, XR. Think of XR like a spectrum. On one end, you've got reality. Normal life in the real world, no tech needed. Next to that is augmented reality. 
and we're actually already pretty familiar with this. Think of filters on Snapchat or Instagram that give you doggy ears, using Google Maps Street View, or the 3D graphics we see on top of a live feed of a sports match. The Pokemon Go craze back in 2016 was the first time this kind of tech truly went mainstream. But there's way more to AR than filters, games, and fluff. Imagine if you are a student looking for accommodation that you could point your camera to a block of flats and immediately you can pick up which one's available for how much and contact the person. And for Rapelang, AR can even go beyond that. In developed cities, you've got your signposts and street signs and, and all of those other physical markers that, you know, help you navigate and operate in that city. There are a lot of towns that don't have that here, but could it be that we use augmented reality to enrich that environment and you could see stuff through your phone or some glasses, etc., without ever having to do the infrastructure leg that, you know, we, we know we've been struggling with. Further down from augmented reality on the XR spectrum comes mixed reality, where you can combine real and virtual experiences, like the idea of holograms or projected 3D models that you can control. Virtual representations of physical objects that you can control, rotate and change. Technologies that have already proved very useful in designing complex products like premium cars. Those are all used in the design of our vehicles so that various teams from around the world can engage together and experience what the interior may look like, experience the lines of the exterior and engage with each other in that space as if they were working alongside each other. So we've got real life, augmented reality and mixed reality. And on the opposite end of that spectrum, there's virtual reality. We're thinking about immersive reality, virtual reality headsets are one of the examples that we have very close to us that just gives us a taste of immersive um, technology or immersive examples of working. We're looking at people that are able to work from home like truck drivers in Europe who are able to drive their trucks on the road from home through a setup. I'm imagining that instead of, you know, giving content on work readiness to young graduates looking for a job, you're actually able to put them in a virtual reality environment where they're being interviewed by people in different sectors, where the interviews get increasingly harder depending on how they're performing. And it really speaks to the fact that people need a wealth of diverse and increasingly challenging experiences to truly develop those neural pathways. An immersive world that allows us to see, test, try on, and do things that we might otherwise not be able to. Sounds a bit like the idea of the metaverse, doesn't it? The metaverse is hard to describe and hard to understand because it doesn't truly exist yet. But all the building blocks are already here. Virtual reality, connectivity, the internet of things, artificial intelligence, they're all here. We're experiencing them right now. And they're only going to get more sophisticated, more refined, until the idea of a virtual twin of our physical world no longer feels like science fiction. What it begins to feel like is a seamless integration of physical and digital. So how do we get our heads around big, scary ideas like the metaverse? How do we stop ourselves from bolting away from the future like scared horses? 
I think about embracing new ideas. I think that's progress because I think too often we see people digging their heels in and not embracing those ideas or closing their minds off to, to new ideas, new concepts and everything. And if you just start accepting new ideas and new ways of thinking, that for me is real progress. We become wiser about the future by listening to people that are not like us, by willing to experiment as opposed to seeking certainty, by not constraining our imagination to what we have known before and what we see in front of us. Because soon enough, what we see in front of us might be a new digital universe. The future is an attitude. The way we imagine and embrace it, the way we shape it with our thinking, and the way we infuse it with our hopes and our dreams, the attitudes we adopt today are laying the foundations of our tomorrow. Still to come on Future is an Attitude, we look at why sustainability is key to a driving future. We find out what nature can teach us about sustainability and innovation and how going green is the first step to a better world. And we delve into a massive global mindset change that's seeing us move away from scarcity and towards abundance. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe for more episodes and do us a favor, tell a friend about it too. Because after all, we're building our future together. Is the future a distant reality or something we shape with the progress we make today? Over a hundred years ago, Audi was founded on a vision of constant progress. In 2022, we accelerate this journey with the new Audi e-tron range, a collection of progressive, all-electric vehicles designed to usher in a new era of mobility. Let's shape tomorrow's world together. The Future is an Attitude podcast series, proudly brought to you by Audi. Read more at 702.co.za.